Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is always a pleasure to have you on the program His Word where we look at the Word or we read the Word of God and hear what God is saying to us through His Word. Today it's a Salta Sunday. We are looking into the book of Psalm or taking Psalm 3 where we are looking into what David was saying as it is a Psalm uh, by David or a Davidic, Davidic Psalm. I believe God is going to minister to you and speak to you. Because sometimes we go through difficult life situations actually where you feel like you are deserted. Maybe because of the sin you have committed or sometimes just because of life's uh, situations that actually make you feel rejected by anybody or by the community. And then you feel like you are all alone. But God is still there. You can still trust Him and call on Him because He is your shield and He is the one who is going to protect you in each and everything that you go through. I believe God is going to bless you through this word, through His word, uh, what we are reading today. Be blessed. So today we are on the Psalter. We are reading the Bible from Psalms chapter 3 or Psalm 3. That is what we will be reading today. It's the whole psalm. It's not a, a, a long one. Psalm 3, uh, I'll just read from verse 1 to verse uh, the last verse. Psalm 3. I'll read from the NIV where it says, the, 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 the preposition for this uh, psalm is, a psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom. Lord, how many, Lord, how many are your foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying to me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, I shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I awake again, or I wake again, because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked from the Lord comes or from the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessings be on your people. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. May it nourish our souls and may you reveal what you are saying through this word. May the Holy Spirit take control over us and let us hear what you are saying to us today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The preposition for this psalm is a psalm of David. You can classify it as a royal psalm, as a psalm that is from the royal king. David was a king in Jerusalem and Judah. The story that we are reading, we are re or the psalm that we are reading is written by a uh, David in a very, very awkward situation in his life. If you read the Bible in 2 Samuel chapter 15, is where you read what is actually happening. Let me just give you a short background 
of what is actually happening here. In this uh, time, there was a son by the name of Absalom, who was a son to David. And now he wanted to, to, to take control or to take over the kingdom of the kingship to be a king in Israel. So now he used different strategies. As recorded in Samuel, is that he will go to the city gate whenever the people will come for judgment. He will say, if only I was a king in, in, in Israel. And he also would go to an extent of when greeting people, he will shake their hands, reach to their hands, and also kiss them. And people got attracted to this loving uh, prince or this, this king to be, and they loved him. And they loved him so much that they were now on his side. Yet King David was still there. It went on and on such that when all the people were on Absalom's favor, he actually organized a, a celebration that would actually make him to be king or to be, a, to be kind of like a, a coronation to appoint him as a king. But what we learn is that somebody told David that something is going to happen. They want to make Absalom a king. And in that situation, it is what we are reading is where David thought, let me just go out and go and Go for hiding, running away from my, uh, my, my son. Now the question is, why is this thing happening to David as a king? David is a king who had the right to actually use the army or to use whatever he could do as a king to fight Absalom. But David had this understanding. This was a, 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 what, a punishment or I don't know what to call it, but it was because of what he did to Uriah. If you remember the story of Uriah's wife who gave a, a, a son to David and also that he also killed Uriah. What the Bible says, it says in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 10, Now therefore the sword God was speaking to David, having sent Nathal the prophet to, to say, what he was doing was not right. So he said, now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah, the Hittite, to be your own. This is why it was happening to David. It was because of the sin with the wife of Uriah. Now, he's suffering all these things and he is now running away into a mountain. In this time of running... As a king, let me just put you the picture of how we were so embarrassed or the, the position he was in. The Bible says, as he, go, as he went up on the mountain, he was actually on a... Where, where is this verse? I got this verse. He was on the... He was weeping, yes. He was weeping as he went up to the mountain. He had also covered his head as he went up to the mountain, and it was a sorrowful sight for a king to be in that position. Weeping, think of a king weeping, moving up off the mountain. A king is not just a person that is me alone, but there are quite a number of men and women that are following the king, and even the army troops that are around him, but he is crying because of the situation he is in, and in his crying he is also covering his head to show that he is feeling the pain and the embarrassment as a king. Now, in that position of embarrassment, he writes this psalm that we are reading about. It's not specific whether it was during this time as he was moving down or where it was when he was sitting down, but it was a time of his life 
where he was really, really down. And then he writes the Psalms to God. He says, Lord, how many are my foes? There are many people who attack me. Maybe before we get to that, we have to note that God will bring every deed into, into punishment or everything, nothing that is hidden that won't be uh, availed. God will make everything known. Because in this situation, David had killed Uriah. It was actually his strategy, but God revealed it to him. Ecclesiastes 12, 14 says, For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or it is evil, it will be judged before God. So David was judged by God. He was in the position of suffering. It was a punishment for what he has done. Verse 1, David is in the situations, he's saying, many people are my enemies or are my foes. These are people that are actually, these were the people who were on the side of Absalom. They were there to, uh, to, to make him king. There are people who will always be against what you do. There will be people who will fight, fight whatever you are and what God has put in your life. So he was saying there are many. And these people, they are not only just many. They will actually say, ah, he won't succeed. In this position, even God has left him out. Haven't you had a situation in your life where people will actually say, you will not succeed because God is not even on your side. But in this condition, David remembers that there is a God. These people are saying, God will not deliver him. There are people who get sick, or sometimes you get sick, or you are in a situation, and people say, where he is, nothing will happen. That's the end of his life. That's his end. But let's continue and see what uh, David is saying. Now, if you're reading, because verse 1 and 2 are just portraying about the condition or the situation, what is actually happening in the life of the psalm. Because the book of psalm, uh, the psalms are written in different ways. It's poetry. So the first two verses, he's just talking, describing the situation of what he is experiencing. Now, from verse 3 to 6, now he's communicating to God. He's actually saying who God he is, he is in his life. The first thing he says to God, but you, Lord, you are a shield around me. You are a shield around me. Regardless of what they have said and Absalom's uh, plans and tricks of whatever he wants to do to kill me so I could be king, but Lord, I know you are my shield. Well, some of us who are old, we understand the shield, but to the young ones, maybe they don't know what a shield is. But a shield is something that you use to protect yourself. It's kind of like uh, something, maybe let me use the common one. You see when there's a strike, and then there are, the poli they, they are police, uh, they carry, what's this thing? The shield that's written police. Whenever you come to try to fight them or to throw a stone, they, they can use it to protect themselves. So God is that thing. He protects David. David understands that. God is the one who protects me. Regardless of the condition that I'm in, the pain that I'm feeling now, God still protects me. He's the shield. Not only the shield that now you fight with, 
Because that one, the bag, you are on your own. But you just, it's just a trick that you fight whatever you see. But he says you are a shield around me. In other words, all the sides, he is protected. God is protecting regardless of the situation he is experiencing in his life. My glory uh, around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. Now, God is the one. Remember, David has been hiding and actually covering his head. Now he's saying, but God, you are the one who gives me glory. He divines it as victory. If you read from other versions, it is actually, you are the one who gives me victory. Now, if he's saying, God is his victory, you are my glory, you are my victory, it means his victory is in God. Let me explain. If you say you are this to me, it means there is nothing I can do outside that. So he's saying, God, you are my victory. Regardless of whatever is happening, I will still come to you, God, and make my petition. My victory over Absalom, my victory over every situation that I go through in my life is in you, Lord. So all your victories are in the Lord. All your victory, whatever battle you are going into, through in your life, it is in God your victory. He will lift your head high. That is the other version, which is the NET. He's the one who will give you honor. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. God answers prayers that we make. Another day we'll have a session where we, uh, we will talk about why God will not answer some prayers the way we want them to, as in the, what we expect from what we are praying for. But God will answer the prayer. But David is saying, I call on you, Lord, and you answer from heaven. Now, we know that David had seen God in his life. He had been he actually fought Goliath. He's the one, God is the one who gave him victory over lions. He knows that God answers prayer. He has called God in his life and he has seen God giving him victory. In our lives, we have some experiences where we have seen God doing things for us. Regardless of your age or your, 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 your walk with God. But I believe somewhere in your life you can say, I called on the name of the Lord or I prayed for such and such a thing and God gave me victory. So if you know that God is the one who is with you in every situation that you go through, you are able to call on him because he is always there. Experience actually is the best teacher. If you know that I was sick and I called on the name of the Lord, you are definitely sure that now I'm sick, I will call again on him. He will deliver me or he will heal me. You have been broke or you prayed for a job or you prayed for whatever thing and God responded positively or answered you and you got that job or whatever you needed. So you have an experience that God is there. David had the experience that he could call on God even in this difficult situation he's going in, he's going through and God will bring a solution. God is still explaining about the goodness of the Lord in his life. Verse 5. I lie down and sleep. You see, when we sleep, my brother said, actually one day we discussed this, he said, you know, when you sleep, it's one of the biggest risks in life. 
Because when you are sleeping, there is absolutely nothing you know. There are these phones that actually detect your sleeping uh, levels. There's, I think there's a lighter level, and there's what they call deep sleep, where you are completely, completely sleeping. You don't even know what is happening. The other day, there was wind. Uh, yesterday, there was a strong wind. I mean, everything was just falling. And I actually could not even sleep. When we woke up in the morning, I, uh, my daughter came up and said, no, I didn't even see, feel anything. It was not, there was nothing. She was just sleeping. So you don't know anything that happens when you are sleeping. Those who, uh, who, who actually were awake know how strong the wind was. But they were sleeping. So David is saying, I lie down and sleep. To a level where I don't know anything. To the most situation that is so vulnerable, it's very risky. You don't know what is going to happen. It is only God who knows when you will wake up because you don't even know when you will wake up. But God knows that you are in your deep sleep now and you will wake up. God wakes us up. So he's saying, I lie down and sleep. I wake up because you, Lord, sustain me. Whatever the situation that you go through in your life, which is so vulnerable, which is so risky, and you cannot do anything. Because if you are sleeping, you cannot do actually anything. You are just sleeping. It's only the brain that controls everything. But it is actually the Lord who is there. So David understands that even in his point of knowing nothing, God still sustains him. So in your position in your life where you are actually down, confused, God still sustains you. Now, in this sustaining, it gives him assurance that God is there. And he says in verse 6, I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every, uh, on every side. No, though ten thousands of people attack him in that situation, God is still there. We tend to make a mistake in our lives where we actually think we can fight some wars on our own. But it is God who gives us victory. It is God who gives us power to walk with him in whatever we do. Now, I will fear nothing. Remember Psalms uh, 23 where David says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He protects him as he walks in the valley of shadow of death. I will fear no evil. If you put your trust in God and you know this God that you can call on him and he's the one who actually even wakes you up from the deep sleep in your most vulnerable position, you can call on him and he is the one who will protect you and you, there is no need to fear in the Lord. So do not fear as you put your trust in God as you know that this God that we serve is always with you in whatever you are going through in your life. There is nothing that will attack you when you are in the Lord's side. You, you, you see, David was saying there, even thousands, ten thousands can attack me. Even the whole army of Absalom, all these troops, whatever he has arranged, they can try to attack him, but they won't. Remember that he understands that his position, he's going through this because of sin, but in that sinful position, he knows that God still loves him and he's still with him. So in every situation, you might feel so rejected. Maybe you feel like you've committed the worst sin on earth. 
God is still there. He sustains you. He is there to protect you and to guide you. Stand up and walk up with God. Now, verse 7, he is turning now his talk because now he is concluding the psalm. He's saying, Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. He has said who God is, the strength he has, the protection he has for him in his life. Now he says, God, arise and fight for me and deliver me. There is nothing so fulfilling as knowing that your deliverance comes from the Lord. I remember one time, I was just sleeping. There was a time demons would attack you whilst you were sleeping. And then one, because whenever they come, you will hear some sound on the roof. And then one time I heard the roof and said, oh, okay, the, the demons are just here. Oh, they are attacking. Lord, deliver me. Protect me. And I went back to sleep. Deep sleep. Because God will deal with that thing. So if we just would learn to let God to deal with our situations, give God and say, God, deliver me. There's nothing I can do. David knew that Absalom actually had strategized everything. He now had more strength than him. But he said, Lord, deliver me. Whatever you are going through in your life, God, deliver me. Arise, O Jehovah, and deliver me. And strike my enemies on the jaws. Break the teeth of the wicked. Let the Lord fight your wars. Don't try to fight them on your own. Sometimes we tend to talk a lot or we organize some meetings where we can go and talk and discuss the situation. Whilst that is good, even in that situation, in that discussion, let the problem be solved by God. Let God deliver. God, somebody sings a song and say, God will deliver on time. So let's put our faith in him. And then he ends the psalm. David calls now to the Lord and says, From the Lord comes deliverance. My, may your blessing be on your people. So what are we learning today? God is encouraging us through this psalm that let's put our trust in him. Let us put our faith in him. Even if people have arranged things that are, things that are going to crush us, in our lives. They can make a coup that will make us feel we are rejected. We can also be suffering from the sins we committed because sometimes we commit sin and God punishes us. One man of God said, it doesn't mean that if you have uh, done something wrong, let's say you get pregnant. It doesn't mean when you pray, God, please forgive me, I, I committed sin, that the child will actually, there won't be any, any pregnancy. You will still have to deliver the child and take care of the baby until he or she grows up because God is actually punishing you or because God has some principles on how it, it does things. So in our lives, we still have to go through some situations where we suffer for the sins we committed or for, for the actions that are wrong where we disobeyed God. So God wants us to put our trust in him even in that situation of feeling rejected or where you feel like no one cares for you, God is still there with you. Victory is yours. We have the victory in God. We have the victory in God because he is on our side 
and he still loves us. Don't make a mistake of thinking that God has actually forgotten about you and is no longer part of whatever you are doing. God is with you. So today I'm encouraging us, all of us, that let us put our trust in God regardless of the oppositions from many people. God is still with us and let us put our faith in him. He is our shield. He protects us. Let us call on him in whatever we are going through. May the Lord bless us. Can we pray? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you this morning. We thank you that you are our God. We thank you that you are our shield. We know that God, even whatever we go through, you are still God in our lives. Give us the courage to put our trust in you and to walk with you and to walk in your ways. For God, you are our victory. Our victory is in you, as in, as in, as in, as in what we do and putting our faith in you. Deliver us from the evil ones. Deliver us, God, from all the troubles that we go through in life because you are God in our lives. God, take all the glory and all the honor for you deserve it in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, unfortunately, we have come to the end of the session today, but I believe the word of God has ministered to you. And now you feel like going on in the Lord and putting your trust in God, knowing he's always there. He's the one who protects you. He's the one who gives you strength. He's the one who's going to give you victory. And actually, he is your victory as the word has said. I trust God that him willing, we will meet next time. But before we close, I just want to make this invitation for anyone who does not have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Take this time and say this prayer of faith after me. Father Lord Jesus Christ, I confess of the sins that I've done, seen and unseen. Lord, I accept you into my heart. Come into my heart and make me the kind of a person you want me to be. I believe God who came on earth in flesh, in the flesh, died and rose again, and you rose to heaven, resurrected to heaven. I believe you are now in heaven next to the Father God. God forgive me my sins and lead me in your way of righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer, you are now a child of God and you have been saved. Please join a church where they preach the word, where they preach Jesus Christ as Lord, and your life will never be the same. Thank you for watching and for listening to our service. God bless you. Let's meet next time. Goodbye.